mentioned earlier that this is an interesting carol just because of the background. Uh, you know, you, you don't think that the English Puritans would outlaw Christmas carols, <laughs> but they did in the 17th century. It was about 1627. They thought celebrating Christmas was too worldly, so they outlawed the singing of Christmas carols. That would be a tragic thing, wouldn't it? But the Holy Spirit gave this carol to Charles Wesley. Now, Charles Wesley, we know, um, was just a phenomenal uh, writer of songs and, and hymns and so theologically sound. This is one of the few Christmas carols written during this time period. But this text probably has more clear biblical doctrine in this beautiful poetic language than most all the other carols, and definitely more than some of the songs that we tend to sing today. We don't really teach doctrine. Now, we do have some songs that we sing that do specifically teach doctrine, but back in the day of Charles Wesley, that was the way they taught the biblical truths his virgin birth, his deity, the immorality of the soul, the need that we need to be born again, all in this one carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And then it ends with a prayer that God would transform us. For 200 years, over 200 years, believers have been enlightened and blessed by this wonderful Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. And I want us first to read what we typically know as the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bible, turn there. If you don't, you can uh, follow along on the slide uh, on the screen. Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And Joseph went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, and she gave birth to a baby, and the baby was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, beginning in verse number 8, I want us to really key in on it says, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. We studied about shepherds a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Kids. <laughs> and not just boys. A lot of times it was teenage girls out there. The shepherds. It was, a, it was kind of an entry-level job before the lowest entry. They didn't have much respect. Wasn't a real good reputation. Verse 9 says, As these shepherds were out there keeping watch over their flock, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Man, wouldn't that be great to have an actual angel appear to you? You'd think you would appear to the king or to the czar or to the religious people of the day. But no, he appeared to ordinary people to help us remember God is with us, the commoners. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel, the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying together, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Whoa, what just happened? (laughs) That's not in there, but I'm sure they said something like that. I mean, they must have been just blown away by this. huh? They said, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. That means they went fast. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been, no, uh, been told to them concerning the child. So when they saw Jesus, they said what the angel had said to them. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Father, today we just commit the next 30 minutes to you, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher a familiar story, but make it fresh and new to us. I pray, oh God, that as we leave this place, we'll have a deeper appreciation, not just for all the trappings of Christmas, but for the reason that we're celebrating, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus, God incarnate, God in flesh, to live among us, to be our example but to resist sin so that he could be sacrificed on the cross that we might have salvation. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. When I was a kid, as most of you probably also um, experienced, uh, there was a lot of joking about this song, you know, that the angel's name was Harold. And... uh, and even hark, I used to think it was harp. Harp, you know, because I thought that when you died, you went to heaven, sat in a cloud, and played a harp. So I'm thinking, oh, it's a harp, and the herald, and no, it's not harp, it's not herald the angel, it's hark. And that's an old English word that we need to start with if we're going to properly understand that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us today through this word. Hark simply means listen. That's what it means. Listen. Listen to the voice of the Lord in your life, just as those shepherds listened to the angels. Just as Mary listened to the shepherds and pondered those things in her heart. I don't think, friends, we do enough listening as the children of God. If you go back to the Old Testament, the Shema given to Israel, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. But notice it's hear, O Israel. All through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, God's message to us is to be listening. It's not a matter of him talking to us or not. It's a matter, are we in tuned with his voice? That's why in 2021, as a church family, we're going to read through the entire Bible because we want to listen. We want to hear what God is saying to us. And he speaks through his word. This whole idea of hark is almost like to get your attention. Pay attention. Hark. Listen. God is putting through the angel his message in the mouth of the shepherds. The shepherds, remember, were the only ones that actually saw the angels. Now I know, even in my home today, there's a nativity set and there's angels. But when you look at the scripture, it was the shepherds who saw the angels. And there's some things about what they saw that evening that excited them. And so they wanted to make sure everyone heard. That's why they went to Bethlehem. That's why they shared the news. The shepherd who sings this carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, is pretty overwhelmed, I think. And I want us to look at three different aspects of why he felt overwhelmed. First, I think the shepherd, or you and I, if we can relate just to being a commoner in this life, he's amazed that the angel chose to appear to him. Are you amazed that God spoke to you at some point in your life and drew you unto himself? See, the scripture says, really, God chose you. You responded to God at some point in your life, but it really was God working in your life, asking you to draw unto him, asking you to receive the gift of salvation. It's pretty amazing when we realize that God still speaks to us today. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, these shepherds were the least likely people. Boys and girls, teenagers. Because the adults didn't want the job of being a shepherd. They were the least likely to receive this news from heaven. The announcement that what we read in Isaiah 9 was about to be fulfilled. That's why the angels appearing to the shepherds are so important for us today. Doesn't matter if you feel you're an unskilled laborer. Doesn't matter if you feel you're in the lowest class in society. Remember, the shepherds' testimony was not even allowed in a court of law. It kind of gives you an idea of where they stood in society. But because of this wonderful season of Christmas, that we speak of joy. Man, the songwriter, Charles Wesley, said, all is calm, all is bright. But for some, I know that it also brings a little bit of pain, maybe because you're feeling isolated. Maybe it's not just the COVID thing. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you think, wow, everybody's going home to be with family and friends, but I have no one. Maybe there's some of you that were very close to people a year ago, and unfortunately the relationship has been fractured. 
And now they're not part of your life anymore. Maybe you forget how broken and dysfunctional maybe your family really is until Christmas time. It's not always a, a joyful time for people. But that is why we need to reflect upon God's love for us as individuals that he comes to us in our brokenness. He comes to us in our pain. He comes to us in our confusion. And he says, hark, listen. You have a helper. You have Jesus as your Savior. When Jesus ascended from the earth, he left us the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one called alongside to help. I know that for some of you, it's like, man, I'm just in survival mode. And I understand that. Maybe you find yourself jobless or, or worried about the future, or concerned about your kids. I just want to remind you to stop and listen. Because God's still speaking. And he wants to speak to you this Christmas season. Just as he spoke to the angels. The second thing, I think the, the shepherds, must have been amazed at the celebration that was going on over the birth of a baby. I mean, it's a wonderful thing when babies are born, particularly for the mother and the father and the extended family, but babies are born all the time. Why the big hoopla? Why send an angel to announce this? See, it wasn't just <laughs> there's a baby being born. The angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest. Man, that's quite an affirmation. You know what that means? It means God deserves the greatest praise. God deserves the greatest praise for the blessings he has given us in our life. And Jesus is the greatest of all blessings. The greatest praise. That's pretty remarkable. When you think about what the angels had already seen, now, let's switch our focus from the shepherds to the angels. So the angels are coming down with this message, hey, there's a baby being born, and God deserves the greatest praise because this baby's being born. How do you think the angels process that? That's pretty remarkable when you think about it. These angels had been firsthand witnesses of creation. They saw God create the heaven and the earth. They saw the water and the sky and the birds and the plants. And they saw Adam and Eve being created. Now that's pretty remarkable. The angels had already experienced creation. The angels had already experienced when God said, let there be light. And all of a sudden, light came to the earth. Very similar to what's happening in the Christmas story. As the light of the world is born into darkness. And the light of the world can be born into our heart today. Now when you think about the angels had seen creation. They had seen light. They had seen the stars put into place. Astronomers tell us there's a total of about 3 million trillion stars. 3 million trillion. That is three with 24 zeros behind it. That's a lot of stars up there. And the angels had seen 
God create the heavens and the earth, yet this was more glorious. This deserved more praise than all of creation, than anything else, because Jesus was being born. Man, those angels had seen it all, but that's not what they thought. <laughs> they said, veiled in flesh. Now listen to how Wesley does such a great job in this hymn. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Oh, that is so rich. This wasn't just a baby. This is deity incarnate as a human. Pleased as man with men to dwell, God is pleased to dwell with us. God is pleased to dwell with you today. Whatever you're going through, whatever your doubts are, whatever your brokenness, God is pleased to walk through life with you. If you will listen to his voice on this Christmas Sunday, if you will read through his word with us this coming year, we will hear the voice of the Lord. The greatest glory that God has ever displayed was his decision to come and die for us. To come alongside and to take our place. First Peter says that the angels were amazed by the gospel. And it says the angels themselves long to look more deeply into these things. It's amazing to the angels. Think about that. They saw that God created the universe. They see his face every single day. But they long to look into the mystery of the gospel. <laughs> the gospel that saves us. They say, hail the heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. I'm glad that my spirit has been healed. I'm glad my body, my mind, my attitudes, I'm glad they can be healed as I press into Jesus. Jesus transforms us. And we're going to pray for that transformation during our week of prayer. I told you there's going to be different themes for every day. The first week of January. We'll have different videos that will give testimonies of themes. People that were taken from hate to hope. People who were sick who are now whole. People who are broken, who are restored. People who are lost, who are now found. And we're going to agree together that we will hear the voice of the Lord and that our family members, our neighbors, our community, our nation will experience this, transform, uh, this transformation through Jesus Christ. You see, if you look at the gospel, it says you and I were doomed. I mean, really, we, we've talked about that before. That's why one of my favorite prayers is the Jesus prayer. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because that's the gospel. Now, I know that sounds hard, but if you look, or harsh, but if you look deep into your heart, 
<laughs> You'll admit you haven't done a real good job running your own life. <laughs> we tend to make ourselves the focus without the Holy Spirit helping us keep between the lines. I know it's, it's kind of counterintuitive because in our day and age, we, it's popular to see yourself basically as a good person. But I'm telling you, none of us are good people. We're born with a sinful nature. We only become good, we only become righteous as we place our faith in Jesus. And as we place our faith in Jesus, then our righteousness is through him, not through our works, not through our performance. It's freedom to walk with Jesus and understand that you are righteous in him alone. Without Jesus, you have sin, you have weaknesses, you have blind spots, you have ulterior motives. We all do. That's what the Bible says. We are traitors to God. That's why we need the Savior. There's a curse, and the Bible talks about the curse. <laughs> the hymn, the carol, talks about the curse. And there's only two ways that curse can be resolved. I want you to listen. There's only two ways that curse can be resolved. You can suffer the curse eternally. Not just this life, but the life after separated from God. Or the second option is you can embrace the gift of Jesus Christ. He was sent to be our Savior. And if you embrace his salvation, his love, and let that absorb you. The love that sent Jesus to the cross to die for us. His love absorbed the curse. You don't have to absorb the curse if you will embrace Jesus. Mild, now listen, you sang it earlier, mild he lays his glory by, born that men, may, uh, uh, that men no more may die. <laughs> wow, I don't have to fear death. If I accept Christ, if I accept him, there's no other way to be reconciled with God. And I just want to make that really clear where I stand and where our church stands. Because it's popular to believe, ah, oh, you can find God in a multitude of ways. You know, you just, whatever path you want, it's all going to lead to God. That is not true. That's not scripture. The Bible says salvation is found in no one else other than Jesus Christ. And then Jesus affirms it by saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. If you want saved, friends, you need Jesus. Every other religion that you see <laughs> says, hey, you know, you do this, you do that, and you can save yourself. And if you're good enough, and if you follow these rules. But Jesus said, no, sorry, there's no way you're going to save yourself. So I will come down to you. And I will save you. Oh, the gift of Christmas is so wonderful, friends. Religion says, try harder, be better. Jesus' message is, I did it for you. I did what you can never do for yourself. So simply receive it as a gift. 
And if you've never received the gift of salvation today, I encourage you to do that. Just ask Christ into your heart. Say, I, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my rebellion, my selfishness. I'm sorry I've made a mess of my life. Please, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Fill me with your spirit. Reveal yourself to me. Open my spiritual ears that I can hear, that I can listen, that I can hearken. Hark, listen. God has been pursuing you. God's been trying to wake you up. There might be people here today that this is really, <laughs> a message is really designed for you by the Holy Spirit. Maybe people watching online. But I just encourage you, friends, surrender to Jesus today. Let him be the Lord. Let him be the reason <laughs> for the season. Lastly, the third thing, the shepherd was amazed that he was the one chosen to announce it to others. So first of all, he was amazed that the angel would appear and announce it to him, but he was also amazed that he was chosen to go to Bethlehem and announce it to others. And we're amazed too by that. But God has called you as an individual to spread the good news of Jesus to your family, to your friends, through your actions, through your reactions, through your verbal testimony, through your nonverbal testimony. And we understand that, but it's hard for us sometimes to really accept it. It's a lot easier to put 50 bucks in the offering and say, well, I'll send John to Germany, and he can tell people about Jesus. Or I'll continue to give my money for Ethan and Rachel to be up at the Colville tribe, that young couple, the Harrises that we support. And that's all good and fine, but that does not in any way dismiss the fact that God has called you and has called me to spread the good news. The only ones who got to see the angels at night were the shepherds. Everybody else had to hear it through the shepherds. Maybe there's someone in this Christmas season or in your office or in your classroom or out in the orchard. Maybe you're the one that God has called to share with them the good news. Now, I know most of us say, oh, no, we'll just let God send another angel. <laughs> no. And again, we've, we've talked about this for years. It's not having, you know, scriptures memorized to hit them over the head. It's not about, you know, pointing out their sin to them. Man, the Holy Spirit does that. It's just about sharing your story, what God's done for you. That's really what it's about and inviting them to journey with Jesus. It's a very important thing that we need to learn about God. God's primary way of speaking to people is through flawed, broken people like you and me. That's true. We see it here in the Christmas story. We see it all through the scriptures. I mean, you might be saying, well, how could God use me? Friends, don't try to lean on your own understanding. 
Just trust him and be open to listen. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, (coughs) you'll be obedient. You might say, (coughs) well, I'm flawed. Well, just because the messenger is flawed doesn't mean that the message is flawed. So the message to you from the shepherds and from me and from maybe whoever invited you this morning is let's listen. Listen. God has been pursuing us. God has been speaking to us. God is trying to draw us back to himself. I wish I could just open up this altar and we all could just come down here and spend five minutes seeking the presence of the Lord. But you know, God showed me we don't have to open up the altar. We can just seek the presence of the Lord where we're at. And that's how I want to end this message is I'm inviting you to listen. Our Assemblies of God University in Kirkland, Northwest University, has a phenomenal choir. It's called the Coralons. Some of our students from WFA have actually been in it. The Coralons actually came and did a performance here one time. Uh, They're not traveling now, but they put together a beautiful rendition of the song, O Holy Night. And I want you to take the next five minutes And in the presence of the Lord, I just want you to open up your heart and listen to what Jesus is saying to you. Maybe he's calling you to salvation. Maybe he's calling you to service. Maybe he's calling you to reconcile. Maybe he's calling you to give. I don't know. But at the end of this musical performance, after we've heard from the Lord, we're going to end this Christmas Sunday with communion.
Wasn't that beautiful? Will you stand with me, please, and take your communion elements? I hope that you have heard the voice of the Lord, and I pray that you will respond by saying, yes, Jesus, and be obedient to him. Paul writes to the church in Corneth, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, here is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup together. <coughs> Father, on this Christmas Sunday, we celebrate your love and the fact that you sent Jesus as a baby to pay the price for our sins and to grant us eternal life. We remember today by taking the bread and the juice. And as the bread and the juice begin to penetrate our cells and enter our bloodstream, we invite the presence of your Holy Spirit to enter our hearts, our minds, our attitudes. Permeate us we might be good representatives of yours this coming week and this coming year. We thank you, Jesus, for saying yes when the Father asked you to come to earth. And we thank you for not leaving us alone, but giving us your Holy Spirit, who dwells within each person who has accepted Christ. May that Holy Spirit be our comforter, our guide. May that Holy Spirit be our joyful companion as we celebrate the birth of Jesus this week. In your wonderful name we ask, amen.